I don't know what makes them extra fancy as opposed to fancy. Is there is there pistachios in them? Because that's um, what planters designates as fancy. There's not. Okay, okay, but extra fancy. Does that mean there's zero percent peanuts? That's what that means. Zero percent peanuts. There are peanuts. no peanuts in this. Okay, just fifty percent almonds, right? There are cashews, almonds, pecans, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, peanut oil, and sea salt. Hmm. So there are five different types of nuts in here, not one peanut. Not one peanut. That I think that makes them really quite, really fancy. But I don't know what's wrong with peanuts. Hence the extra fancy. Okay, because there's rarer nuts to be acquired. And they compiled them in the bag of the box, the tub, the container? Yeah. The, what is it? It's got a screw lid, the jar, the plastic jar of Kirkland nuts? Yes. Welcome, everyone, to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is the podcast where we go when people complain we talk about nerdy stuff on When Daniel Met Rich Too Much. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on most of the podcast outlets where you want to talk about things. Sometimes you can find us on YouTube when the channel doesn't crash and I need to replace everything. That being said, we have a big catch-up to do today on video games. We generally dive into both medias of watchable and playable, but we already did a... Did we do three hours on television and movies? I think we did. I think so, yeah. It was a lot. a lot of ground to cover. Yes, very much ground to cover. And we didn't get near as deep into the movie Cats as I really wanted to. Uh, Probably not. Um, uh, Cats. Anyways, uh, that being said, we're going to be pretty much video game oriented today because uh, there have been large developments in terms of the sheer shit ton of games we played. And uh, Rich broke major ground in uh, what what he's been doing um so since, if you want to hear what since we last spoke video games i have played over 300 hours of video games that's i mean and that's a major grand improvement in terms of what he usually plays and what he usually does right so uh it's amazing how much gaming you can get done when you stop podcasting for eight months <laughs> <laughs> through that wow seriously let alone the game that you found and played but irregardless if you want to hear about the movies and television go back to the other podcast where we talk about cats for three hours just kidding but it is probably what we focus the most of our time on <laughs> fortunately no, we actually, but also we fortunately actually spent a lot of time on good stuff we didn't spend near enough time on cats just it's true the sheer bat shittery that is that movie it really is. Um, your monologue about that movie is probably, I don't know, that could have been the Oscar speech for it. That you know? probably like, could We could have completely replaced James Corden and uh, Rebel Wilson at the Oscars in their cat suits with exactly what you said. We could have put you on a stool with a mic in front of the Oscars. Um, in a cat suit. I have to be in a cat suit if I want to do that. Oh, well, that makes sense, too. All right. And then they could just snip it on to the end of Cats, you just doing that monologue. And it would honestly make the movie make more sense. Yeah. Monologue. So everyone go back and watch uh, that episode if you haven't yet. 
uh, it's going to be there because I'm going to blast all these out at once, including a Star Wars catch-up because we are going to do a Star Wars catch-up because there's been a lot of Star Wars things to talk about, especially the end of the Skywalker saga, and we'll, we'll do that. But enough of all of those things. Rich, what games have you played? Well, I started off on Borderlands 2, mm-hmm. and then I went on to um, Borderlands 2. And, and then, then I took a brief break to play some Borderlands 3. Okay. But I went back to Borderlands 2. Oh. And then I tried to play some Borderlands and ended up back at Borderlands 2. Okay. So what you're trying to tell me right now is the game you spent 300 hours playing was Borderlands 2. Well, 295. 295. We don't want to over-exaggerate the, the time you, you spent playing Borderlands 2. Um, yes. We can get balls deep in Borderlands too, but maybe we shouldn't oh. start a podcast with that. <laughs> so I'm gonna I play Borderlands, but with a focus on Borderlands too. Okay, specifically Borderlands. You you jumped around a little bit. A little bit. You did well. We can we can definitely get balls deep in Borderlands because I love Borderlands. Um, I'm gonna talk about what I played just so we can get through a variety of games. Yes. Yeah very quickly then we'll go on to borderlands 2 among other things because i also purchased a vr but we'll get into that at the very end me okay starting <clears throat> very early i think it was in october i played the shadow keep expansion of destiny 2 for what, about what? it was yeah the the two two to three hour campaign was super great and all that end game content i haven't touched since october and okay. then i bought luigi's mansion 3 for is that good? It Luigi's Mansion Three is something else. I tell you what, purely because you're in the hotel, um, every floor you go up is a different theme. So there's uh, an Egyptian um, pyramid throw f- floor. There's a gym floor. There's a and all the ghosts do all these different silly things, which is pretty snazzy. Um, and it does have co-op too. So actually, Ellie and I threw down a little bit of Luigi's Mansion uh, uh, Three. She came on for the multi-level uh, greenhouse level. So Ooh. all all of the Switch first-party games are just phenomenal. They're just really good. Wait. Probably the only one I haven't really like dived into is is Pokemon Sword. But after I played Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu last summer, I was just kind of like is pokemon really my thing anymore like i loved it when i was a kid but there's a part of me that's like eh, i'm not sure if i can do Pokemon. maybe eventually i'll get shield we'll see we'll see if anyone can convince me but i digress uh luigi's mansion 3 was a another phenomenal nintendo first party uh big surprise there um i played borderlands 3 but we're gonna talk about borderlands later the what's probably one of the better games (laughs) Uh, borderlands 3 to me is while while the story is not as good as borderlands 2 borderlands 3 is definitely the definitive gameplay version of borderlands 3 in terms of the fact that uh, we have to rewind a, a long time to back to when i read the initial release announcement issue of game informer uh, years and years and years back. This was when I was in high school detailing what Borderlands was going to be. And they right. were probably about 25% finished with the initial concept. So uh, I can I can get into that later when we start talking about Borderlands we'll 3. Yeah, um, Jedi Fallen Order came out in November. Was it good? 
it oh man it was it was it was a really good uh jedi star wars game it didn't break a ton of new ground up until the last 25% of the game and then i ended up liking the crew of the mantis the spaceship you travel on in that probably more than the crew of the falcon in the original trilogy oh it's they did some very very interesting very like good character building but um it's very simplistic they already talked about building on more games and it was essentially dark souls meets uncharted and it's star wars themed that is really truly what what the game was but the the lightsaber play was super fun you kick a lot of butt and there's a lot of like wildlife aliens and stuff that you end up fighting in the game just so you don't end up fighting stormtroopers the whole time you know right and then the cool thing w- that they do for in terms of like challenge and actual like sword to sword combat is that the inquisitors from star star wars rebels are in this game so you'll get inquisitors jumping out with gigantic axes clubs their own like dual daggers and they get increasingly difficult but then they give you abilities to kind of like change up the gameplay when they introduce uh, Imperial probe droids, and you can actually hack those with your little robot friend you find. Oh, and nice. then um, there there are also K two units, the Imperial security droids. They suck. They are tanks. <laughs> but eventually, eventually you can um, hack those too, and then suddenly you know you get a second to hack one of these droids. And then a group of stormtroopers walks in the door. You can just watch them, you know, kind of mess with these stormtroopers. So the one thing, the the biggest thing that I take away from Star Wars Fallen Order is the who. Oh. The who. Spelled the H-U. Oh. Yes. I thought you were talking about the rock band that made that rock opera Tommy years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, and that, that's their that's what they did purposely. Yes. So here's the deal. Um there's a Mongolian rock band uh that <laughs> blends metal and Mongolian folk music called The Who. Yeah. <laughs> and they created um a song in that game that is like super profound. It's so cool. Um you enter like a uh, at one point, you get uh, knocked out and kidnapped and put into a Star Wars-style gladiator arena. Um, and from time to time, bounty hunters will pop up coming after you because you're a Jedi, which is a really cool element of the game. And one of them captures you, takes you to this gladiator arena, and then this like super foreign-sounding music comes on, um, this music alien dialect. And the cool thing is that despite the fact that they clearly speak Mongolian, the Who created an alien dialect to sing in mongolian for this song so i'll i'll send you a link later but um their actual album, i know you're gonna love it rich uh just oh, yeah. based on our preferences and our tastes but uh the who i i just want to give a shout out to the who because their what, sound is is the language that they created by chance mongolian <laughs> drop the mic rich okay um mongolorian we should call it that though <laughs> that they sing it mongolorian it should be a legitimate they should be a live performer in the mandalorian season two or three or four eventually they should be doing they, a they live should be a cantina band mm-hmm. they yeah because that's that's their sound it was so cool it was so good 
Um, I just want to hear more Star Wars music from them because it was really cool. And they have a really nice uh, uh, music video in black and white of their performance. So they're actually incredibly badass. They know yeah, their their name is a joke, but... <laughs> I've heard of them. I don't think I've heard them. Yeah. But I know that they are l- lauded as awesome. Yes. Um, the idea that you're hacking droids brings up so many issues in my head. For first, what? Well, okay. At what point in the Star Wars timeline does the game take place? Has the it, Death Star already blown up? No. It's in between the events of... Well, it's Jedi Fallen Order, so it's literally in between the events of 3 and 4. Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So he, you're on the run. You're a Jedi on the run. Very specifically. Okay, okay so... This is not distant, distant, distant timeline like no, no Sith Wars or anything. Okay. No, this is if if uh, if Cal Kestis, the main Jedi Padawan character, went to Tatooine, he would find a middle-aged Obi Wan overlooking a baby Luke. Okay. (laughs) If he went to Dagobah, he would find a Yoda madly beating off out of boredom. (laughs) Just angrily fucking This is Yoda would have been a perfect guest that time you asked the question about what is the most attractive inanimate object you've ever seen. Yoda Tell me let you So we've seen in the original, well, we've seen it in the prequels that droids have personality. Yes. So they have like a an AI that allows for a bit of free will. But they're also like the battle droids are easier to like. Yes. They don't have near as much personality, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Well, I mean, yes and so no. They will just blindly follow orders, and if you take out one, they, they will. It takes out all of them. Yeah. So in, hacking, in hacking something with a personality makes leads me to a war- moral quandary. There, it's like right. Well, at the same time, though, you have to like these droids. You have to remember K two S O and Rogue One underwent an expansive amount of hacking. Like they they flipped the shit out of him, and that was a point of the dialogue in Rogue One on upon his initial because uh, uh, Jin Erso is like looking at this Imperial probe droid like what? Not probe droid, yeah. sorry, the security droid like what? What are you? What are you doing? This is weird. And K two S O, they were like he said my programming has been heavily modified, right? Which was you know another line that was just pure like biting sarcasm that made K2SO such a good character. Right, so, right. Okay, yeah, yeah I gotcha. Okay. So, it, and it feels a lot more like you're taking something incredibly autonomous and just flipping it backwards, as opposed right. to, like, it's not like a K2S droid who's like, oh, what, you know, what are you doing back there? I'm sure it can't be good. And then, nothing like that. And then you're like, oh, you feel bad. Right. So, um, okay. And then imperial probe droids just speak gibberish anyway. So right, 
<laughs> uh, what else did I play? I highly suggest that game. I don't want to talk about spoilers. And the reason I don't talk about spoilers often is because not everyone has a lot of time to play these games. Um, I might go into a little bit of spoilers later, like maybe on the on the podcast, uh, on the Star Wars catch-up, maybe. But even then, it's, it's not a game. It has some pretty pretty stellar moments and something that i that i feel like is more of a selling point than a legit spoiler because it's not incredibly surprising is that when you're learning force powers as cal throughout the game you're going to these old force temples to kind of figure out why the inquisitors are after um certain pieces of force artifacts okay and and when you're going through these temples, you're learning abilities again. And then as you do this, you flash back to Cal as an apprentice on a ship with his master. And you're in this training room using these abilities like wall run, force push, force pull to um, to move around, um, slow things down, etc. There's not a ton of force abilities, but that's because this guy is a Padawan for a reason. By the end of the game, you're definitely more of a knight. But um, – he, he was a Padawan, so it, it still – the game, despite that, still fills out. But um, when you learn all the abilities and there's a – which flashback is it? Oh, yeah, you get on an actual, like, cr- crashed uh, uh, clone – what was it? A Venator-class destroyer, um, one of the original Clone, clone Wars destroyers, Imperial Star Destroyers. And um, – Eventually, coming out of that, you get the full flashback of Cal's Order 66 experience. Okay. With full blast, the 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 theme from Revenge of the Sith. So, the music plays, and it's, <laughs> it's Order 66 all over again, but you're witnessing, you know, this kid who, you know, really liked his master uh, getting because Order 66, clearly. Um, and that they do get into the lore. Not often. They do a lot more world building for their own game, but they don't hesitate to connect it to the to the um, movies in meaningful okay. ways. So uh, it's, defini- it's definitely worth a dive in. Some people have complained that the game's not... I mean, I had a one, one guy who said, I didn't want to play St- Star Wars Wildlife Hunter. I want to play a freaking lightsabers game. Well, it's a lightsaber game, so... Right. <clears throat> I got back into Titanfall 2 for a minute. I forgot how good I am at that game. <laughs> uh, it's it's fast. It's quick pace. Probably too much for you yet. <laughs> because Probably. as fun as it is to jump into the giant um, Titanfall mechs, there's still something about using a grappling hook to fly yourself around buildings, drop on top of someone, and stab them in the face with your sonar blade that is not only very fulfilling but also nausea-inducing. For someone right. who uh, needs a drama main to play these games, <laughs> yeah. Um, I played some Final Fantasy IX on the Switch, uh, which I, the old games I'm having a really hard time getting through because they're just old. I they don't yeah. appeal to me. Um, and then that reminded me of another game that I played, uh, which I'm typing in right now. Sorry, listeners. And then I played uh, Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing at release in February, March. So these games, here's the deal with Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal is wonderful, just your normal fanfare, uh, killing demons brutally to awesome music. It's also very, very, very funny. 
they they really make the Doomslayer into a character, and I'm going to tell you this, Rich, because I, I like sharing funny things with you um, in okay. games you will probably not play. But uh, you play the Doomslayer, uh, you're on a ship, and hell has literally taken over Earth. Yeah. And and uh, it's called Hell on Earth. Uh, what is it? It's basically the Apocalypse on Earth. And the scale of it is pretty awesome because you see these giant robots that were fighting these giant demons. Earth is basically like lava infested. But the cooler thing is that it it dives into the lore and makes the Doomslayer really this like – I want to say Silver Surfer just because he clearly lost his planet and he's trying to stop the same thing from happen happening because you're also these, these uh, demons – and what are technically angels, but they're dickbags, they're just as bad as demons, are eating planets throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to stop it from happening to Earth. So he's doing way more risky things. At one point, you find out that there's a uh, super gore nest on Earth, but the way to get there, the teleporter, is long gone, like super destroyed. And, okay. And so... Uh, <laughs> You jump onto a, a, a space station with a super BFG 9000, which you know the BFG, yes. and it's it's doing interplanetary defense. So this thing is huge. Yeah. But there's no way to get to the planet. So um, you also have a very sarcastic AI in that game who will recommend you to do things, not do things. So for instance, in the first game where they said, you don't have the passcode to do this, the Doomslayer literally punches the shit out of the console and then it says clearance granted <laughs> nice. he doesn't he doesn't deal with shit so that's why uh he empties out the artillery shell from the bfg 9000 and shoots himself to the planet <laughs> all right <laughs> against the wishes he said this is not meant as a teleportation device <laughs> and then you're literally like slowly aiming the bfg at the planet while you're just like not listening to the ai suggest <laughs> you don't do this and then it launches you off um and then there's some some playback of of audio recordings where they're literally uh, there's a, a a scientist basically saying it's really funny. One one recording ends with like, I think this is the reckoning, and we need to start researching the Doomslayer as as um, the actual next coming. And then you get to the next recording, and it starts with, so the Doomslayer is needless to say an absolute god, <laughs> <laughs> and it really stokes that ego while you're kind of blasting through demons, which in a weird way is needed by how hard the game can get. So yeah. it's really about how fast, how quickly you can slay these things before they hit you. And the gameplay is about movement. It's not about hiding. It's not about, you know, it's about movement and survival and how fast you can thrash all these different kinds of demons. So right. it's it's good shit. Um, Animal Crossing came out at the same time. Let me tell you something about Animal Crossing, Rich. Unless you have any questions about Doom Eternal. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It was good. Um, all right. Here's the deal with Animal Crossing, Rich. Um, I probably put about 12, 15 hours into the game. I started it. I walked around. I started getting my new tools. And then I I, I got to a point where I needed more resources on my island. And you can craft – you can earn points 
what are called Nook Miles by Tom Nook, the owner of the island who puts you in debt in the beginning of the game. So you can start growing your island, your home, and inviting um, animals to your island. You can play with other people too, but it resources their um, – it uses their resources on their island too. So a lot of times you have to go to random islands to get new resources. So um, okay. they'll let you go to random islands to meet new animals like game-generated islands to do this. So um, – when I would get on to play this game for an hour, like I got a half an hour to kill cool, I can do my daily rewards because it's all based on real time. I would yeah. get on the game and then I would get on to just mine my rocks, chop my trees, collect my fruit, plant some more trees, and get off. And then four hours later, I've built an entire neighborhood. I've I've mined multiple islands for goods. I've invited multiple uh, people to come live on my island. I've customized my house, and then I uh, um, I shut the game down, waiting for my neighbors to come and move into their new houses that I built, and then I never turned it back on because <laughs> this was months ago. I've not played this game in months since I got it because so it many is... homeless because you have never signed the lease. It's true. And I can't, I can't go back because I'm not. Oh man, the something that scares me is is the games that suck you in, that suck you. They nail you to the floor because the the way you meet goals in that circular fashion is incredibly yeah. addictive, and they knew what they were doing. Um, so while there are people that can jump the date, be time travelers, just to push through their game faster and get everything they want faster. Um, you could do that. I think that's stupid. But even when I don't do that, to max out my daily goals before I can't do anything else, it will literally take four hours of gameplay. Okay. This I, it makes sense that this took off the way nearly it at the speed of COVID. Yes, just the the way it went. It was like before I knew it, everyone I knew on social media everyone mm -hmm. was offering to sell turnips yes i had no idea why <laughs> anyone had so many turnips why anyone would be interested in buying so many turnips it's true i don't even know what the pricing was to be competitive with everyone else okay i mean literally everyone that i interacted with on social media at some point said something about animal crossing yeah a cam girl that i follow because uh -huh. she's very very ecstatic about putting things in her butt she was selling turnips oh wow <laughs> and I like, yeah it, it's everywhere it's, a, yes. I, it's everywhere yes so that's just it animal and everyone knows this animal crossing could not have come out at a better time because of its addictive yeah. gameplay um and that's why I'm pretty sure it sold the most. I'm pretty sure it sold more than Doom Eternal. Um, for that reason, people were buying Switches for Animal Crossing specifically because of this. So, no, the game is incredibly addictive. Now, does that make it a bad game? Not at all. Um, but should you be prepared to only play that game for 200 hours? Yes, that's what you kind of have to do. Um, as we all know, playing video games is not like the only thing I do. So. Mm -hmm. And there's so many good games to play. I'm 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 afraid of spending yeah. too many too many hours in one game and be missing on other experiences in other games. So I'd rather like just complete a game and be done in 40 hours, you know. 
Um, will I go back eventually? Potentially. Probably. Eventually. I digress. Rich, there's a game that's got a funny, funny title, and I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, it might be one of the best indie games I've ever played, and you should probably take an opportunity to play it. Do you remember Hot Fuzz? You watched Hot Fuzz, right? I did not see it. I remember okay. it, but I never saw it. I haven't seen any of the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, no. We should None do that. Of it. We should do that together and then talk about it on a podcast along with. Well, our... at this point, now I'm never going to watch it. Just purely out of spite. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Fuck the Cornetto trilogy, except for the fact that it's. Now, to be fair, movies. I said the same thing about Borderlands. So. Also true. Um, in, in Hot Fuzz, which is the second movie of the Cornetto trilogy, um, the, the plot follows a cop who goes, who's like the best cop you could possibly get. Um, and he's such a badass at his, his police force in central London um, that they said, we're promoting you to sergeant. You're going to get – you're going to totally get it. And, and, and uh, uh, Simon Pegg as this uh, badass officer doing tons of paperwork, getting all the arrests, hops in with SWAT on occasion to kick ass. They give him this promotion as sergeant in a sleepy village in northern England. <laughs> And he's like, what? And they're like, yeah, you're going to do great up there. And he gets up there and (laughs) nothing happens in this town. (laughs) There's no crime. He is bored out of his mind until he gets to the pub and he finds out that uh, he he starts witnessing some pretty weird things. But the most excitement in a day is a rampant goose that runs around. (laughs) And if you – any preview you watch, what? Are you about to tell me about the Untitled Goose game? I am, because the Untitled Goose game is probably inspired by Hot Fuzz. It's literally, if you made a spinoff game of Hot Fuzz about what this goose was doing to drive everyone fucking nuts, that's that's what this game is about. It's called Untitled Goose Game. doesn't need a name. doesn't need goose in a round. It doesn't need – it's untitled because you play a goose. There are multiple things you can do. You can honk. You can grab things. And yep. you can spread your wings threateningly. Yep. Have you seen now, this? That's, that's I, I'm sure that Hot Fuzz brought it to the forefront of your mind there, but uh, that's pretty much every goose interaction. That too. That any person has ever had, ever. Okay, truth. I, I mean, my the town where I grew up mm-hmm. was a stopover point during every year's migration. So it was constant goose shit and just asshole <laughs> gooses. Yeah. At, at from like, oh God, probably from like August until like April. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Just Fair enough. Dick bag birds that are far bigger and far meaner than they have any right to be. Got you. And they just shit everywhere. I, I see it in more of a – the funny – like the fact that it's attacking a sleepy village is the premise of the game is why I'd bring it to Hot Fuzz. But you're not wrong about Gooses being dicks. In fact, uh, we talk about like uh, – clearly I have an immortal despising of turkeys. But because of the YouTube videos I've seen of Gooses, I honestly highly suspect I would kill a goose – uh, with my bare hands before a turkey, uh, you know, gets the hands in the parking lot for looking at me. So if you 
take the game at its core and just you just want to be an asshole goose. Sarah and I both play this, and it was really fun to play because you could just have attitude as a goose the whole time. You can honk at people just to annoy them, spread your wings and stare at them, and then chase a kid, untie his shoelaces while he's running so he trips, and then when he trips, you can take his sunglasses or his seeing glasses away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go put him on a rack with different glasses at the shop and bring the other glasses back. He he can grab them and you make him put on these shitty girly glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so the premise of the game, it's it's not really a super long game, but you could easily spend right. a lot of time in it just having fun. Plus there's a bunch of hidden achievements that you can do for, for really yeah. fun shit. So um, Untitled Goose Game I think is is definitely going to be my – like one of until I think of something I'm forgetting about. It's probably my most favorite indie game of all time. Yeah, I'm going to buy it for Christy. I think she'd enjoy it. Yes, very true. Because and that's, she's always like, oh, those geese are so cute. And I'm like, leave them alone. They're fucking dicks. They really are fucking dicks. They're, I mean, I still have a scar on my leg from when a goose bit me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yikes. Okay. See, all right. Little side story here. When I was mm-hmm. when I was like 14, 15, I got a job with the parks department of the town I grew up in. And part of that was running the day camp for the kids uh-huh. there was like you know a group of kids from like ranging from like uh eight to ten yeah let's say okay well there was two different group ranges there was like six to nine and then like nine to twelve i think so it was that period right before they turned teenagers and became complete assholes but okay we had all these events planned for the field mm-hmm and it was filled with geese. Oh, God. So I went to clear the field of the geese. So I go running out there just like, God, you know, looking big, screaming and everything. And the geese start running. And then they turn. And then they're coming back at me. <laughs> and now it's turned into a game of chicken to where I'm like, oh, fuck am I outnumbered so I start running away from the geese <laughs> they are coming at me hard guns blazing oh. and one of them nailed me right on my Achilles tendon oh yikes and I was like ah shit and I that bird got kicked oh uh, well naturally he had it coming well, yeah 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 well and honestly that was completely luck because I was running away, and it it bit right as I was launching my foot. So it bit me, and then my heel clipped it. Ow. And knocked its head way back. Because oh. Oh. <laughs> I felt the ow, and, I, and then I turn and I look, and I see its head go, whoo! <laughs> and that was the point that the rest of the geese were like, oh! He's not going to just run from us. He's going to fight back. We should probably leave. Oh, that's good. That's good. Make those asses migrate. But turns out I led them where they were looking to go, the water. Oh. oh. So they went into the lake. The field was clear but filled with goose shit. So that day was a wash. I see. Fair enough. Um, That is my horrific goose experience. No, that's perfect. It sounds... uh... Sounds like an experience I'm going to write into my uh, Untitled Goose movie script. Yeah. That, that being I'm... said, I can't wait to play the Untitled Goose game. 
Uh, yeah, no, it's it's really good. It's a really easy way to spend a night playing a game, googling how to do the things because it can be a little hard at times. But I digress. In October, no September, on my birthday, Gears of War Five called Gears Five released. Do you remember mm-hmm. the 21st night of September? Yeah, was it good? It it, it was really good. What I didn't expect for at the end of the game was 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 for the game to really up until The Last of Us Part Two, which I just finished. I've never felt guiltier playing a video game, and they did this flawlessly. I'm going to tell you how. The entire first Gears of War trilogy on Xbox 360, those games were really, they were poignant. Where you saw a lot of the tragedy occur was in your partner Dom, who lost his kids, and then he found out his wife had been enslaved in the mines by the Locust, who were the bad guys, and he finds his wife, and he sees her the way he used to see her, but as she falls out, she gets older and older and older and more decrepit. Uh-oh. And he's forced to put his wife Maria down. Ooh. Because she is a haggard, haggard. There's no way he's saving her. She's nothing but miserable. These games are not <laughs> oh pretty. Yeah, and then in Gears of War 3, uh, spoilers for a 10-year-old game, he ultimately sacrifices himself to, to save everyone, which is, I mean, in all honesty, something I saw coming. Didn't make it, didn't make it easier that he went but uh it was very very depressing now um fast forward to gears of war 4 where you're playing as marcus phoenix's son not dom's son dom died in gears of war 3 and that was the end of the santiago family but fast forward to gears of war 4 you're playing as jd phoenix who's kind of a headstrong the headstrong son of Marcus Phoenix, the protagonist you played in the first game, he's an old man now, and there was a really funny joke about uh, Dom's tomatoes, because uh, Dom was growing a tomato plant in in number three, and okay. in Gears of War four, you're you're in a firefight in Marcus's uh, garden house, <laughs> and Marcus is screaming at you like, "Watch the tomatoes!" <laughs> but the place is full of tomatoes. Um, his house is ultimately destroyed, and then the locusts make a comeback as the swarm by the end of the game. Um, not only that, but you f- you find out that uh, you um, that the female character in the game is actually the granddaughter of the locust queen who started all of this. She was a scientist who was dabbling in DNA with Marcus's father. So that was the twist of the end of the game. But you go into Gears of War five, finding out um, after the female protagonist named Kate her di- her mom dies at the end of Gears of War 4 despite the fact that you're trying to rescue her because they're trying to plug her into the swarm network so the swarm network is actually a hive mind unlike the locust in the first game as the hive mind um for that reason Kate is actually plugged into the swarm and she's being torn two different ways uh where or is she gonna turn into a bad guy is she gonna turn into a good guy and at the beginning of the game, um, JD Phoenix, you only play as JD at the very beginning of the game because JD gets reckless as lieutenant and they're trying to put a weapon of mass destruction back online. And 
they're like, we don't have the saddling, satellite imagery yet. We can't do this. And JD says, let's pull the trigger on it. They shouldn't have. Uh, he gets a ton of people killed. He gets um, insane burns on his body to the point that he has to wear like a vacuum suit at all times. And then you only see him on occasion. He's hanging out with a bad boy voiced by Rahul Cooley. Okay. Who's he wears a he wears sunglasses? He's a douchebag and prompts the best line in the game towards the end of the game when Marcus Phoenix walks into the room and uh, this this character I forgot Rahul Cooley's it's the first time he's been in the game so I don't remember his name. Right. I'm gonna have to uh, uh, gears five. I remember him talking about it like crazy on his social media. You Google that. I have to refill my water bottle. I'll be right Foz. Foz is his name. And it's really funny because we talked about this on a previous episode. Where is Rahul Cooley? Um, it's just me and you, listeners. Okay, because Rich had to go get some more water. You know why? Because we talk a lot. We do a lot of talking. And so he just needed to go and, you know, what is whistle? I've been wetting my whistle a little bit, to be honest with you. So, um... I'm just trying to keep up here. I'm just... And I'm not trying to be like... How do I put this? How do I put this? I'm just saying I have a really dry voice on occasion. So, uh... But pickles. Go ahead. Rahul Cooley voiced Foz in the game. And Marcus at this point has not met him. So Marcus walks into the room while they're trying to figure out a game plan for the end of the game because the Swarm are about to attack the New Haven whatever. And <laughs> Marcus Phoenix walks into the room and Foz is like, I don't think we should be doing this. In fact, I think we need to be listening. Uh, we just need to do what the government tells us. And Marcus sits down. He says, what's your name? And Foz, uh, Commander something, Foz something. He says, okay. Shut the fuck up, Foz. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from Marcus Phoenix is prompted. probably the best. I digress. They go into the game plan. But not until Kate's mother emerges as the new Swarm Queen. Despite the fact that they, that she died, they took her body and basically just took her over as a swarm. So she emerges with these tentacles from the ground. Everything is going wrong at this point. This is like a like super perfect tragedy part of the game. So you play most of the game with your good friend JD, who has no moral implications on his record. He's not a jerk. Um, and you play most of the game with him, just like just being good friends with him. Um, and then JD, who you have barely seen since the first game, the son of the main protagonist of the first game, shows up too. And he's got some more redeeming qualities again because you know he cares. He showed up uninvited because he wasn't going to let you do this on your own. Um, just being a good friend and stuff. And so yeah. at the end of the game, Kate's mother gets a hold of both JD and Dell, the friend you were playing with. And you get a knife. And you have to aim the knife to cut one of the tentacles. Ooh. You have to choose between your completely un unmorally questionable um, friend who just emerged in this new trilogy or and quickly this is timed before game over or the son of the protagonist you played for the first three games and 
I checked with the BFFFFF Joe on this after I made my decision to make sure that I wasn't just being a dick and, and holding his past decisions against him. But I chose to save Dell instead of the son of the main protagonist of the first game. And what I didn't really anticipate was uh, leaving the end of the fourth act, entering the beginning of the fifth act, and having to break it to the main protagonist's father as I entered (laughs) the last act of the game and began escaping. (laughs) So... To, to say that, that game designers and creative directors and story writers are not doing their best to, to make gaming decisions have much more impact these days is an understatement. Mainly because I've never played the ending of a game, let alone one of my favorite franchises, and I felt ex- explicitly, undeniably guilty. And I know it's just a story at the end of the day, but it was a decision I made. And I had to deal with Marcus Phoenix, a hero, telling him his son is dead after breast cancer took his wife, who was in the last game too, leaving him with nothing. Family-wise. Because I chose to save Dell. Now what I'm terrified about is that yeah. Dell, yeah, there. I have a very bad feeling that JD Phoenix could be inhabited by a swarm and show up as a new general <laughs> in the sixth game, which will not make life easy in the slightest. <laughs> so, uh, for him to point out to Marcus that 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 uh, I chose to save Dell instead of JD um, because we skipped over those details at the end of the game. So, yeah. Uh, they're taking things that could just be like boring, just plain Jane, and turning them into legitimate, legitimate stories. And as I move on to The Last of Us Part Two remake, and I promise I'm not going to drone out about story games and stuff, is that these games, uh, they're getting so good that I, I honestly feel like we could begin to spark a new conversation about I think games like this could inspire an a category in the Oscars for best video game I really do granted not all of them turn out this good so the decisions would be easy you'd only have five nominees a year as opposed to eight for like best picture but that that is how good these games have better stories than movies with bigger budgets Roxy agrees with you. She does. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, I played the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm not quite finished with it. I'm I'm in the middle and I'm having a really hard time grinding through it. Um, but so far so good. It looks great. It plays really fun because it's action oriented. So um, it's actually really satisfying to be playing the game. And then a lot of people complained that Final Fantasy VII Remake being the fact that it only – you don't even leave Midgar in the game. They're going to have multiple of these games. They're going to have 7-2, 7-3, etc. Really? Really. Um, but they don't expand the story so much that it feels like filler. They're they're actually getting deep into to character dilemmas, moral quandaries of all kinds. So that's really exciting. I do have something on this, but Roxy won't shut up. Give me a second. Okay. Do that. Moral quandaries. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, dumb internet 
brats bitching and complaining that Tifa wears a sports bra now. That's stupid. There's no point. There's no point. Why does it matter? It's not your character. I'm not gonna play because it's only not even a third of the game in there. They're just it's just a cash yeah. grab. It's just anyway. a cash grab. Yeah, there's a lot of these internet brats are complaining that the the length of it is a cash grab. After playing it, I have to severely disagree. Um, because one, the more Final Fantasy VII, the better. I don't mind paying extra money for more Final Fantasy VII. Hell yeah. Two, the game could not have been for them to go in and take the time to remaster and make these levels make these worlds again needs to be worthwhile they don't want to spend four months creating one area of a game that you're going to spend 20 minutes in because of the sheer size of the game so i think i think the scope of it is completely acceptable well i was itching to play some final fantasy 7 but I have the original PlayStation Final Fantasy VII. I can play on the brick. I also have Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Ooh. PSP. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get back into Crisis Core. And I went and found my PSP. I pulled it out and I was like, this isn't right. The battery area was bulging oh no i open it up and the battery is like an egg oh no fuck i'm lucky i found this now Mm -hmm. before it just fucking exploded because it was about to explode and i went online found a replacement battery not a big deal thank you crisis core for uh helping Rich, avoid a core crisis. <laughs> yes. On that note, everyone go check your PSPs. I table drawer and it would have oh, really? probably. Yeah. Oh, yikes. It probably could have interacted with something else in there to start a fire. So that's I'm glad it didn't. I'm really yeah. glad it didn't. Um, that's really all I have to say about remake. Um, the wife and I also played Minecraft Dungeons, which is Diablo meets Minecraft, but it's more Diablo than it is Minecraft, which makes it really fun. The gameplay okay. itself is really fun. You get, uh, you can your bows have a lot of knockback, and then you can get mods for your weapons. Artifacts is what they're called to change things. So, um, I put enchantments on there to modify the bow so that it has a wider spread. It might shoot five arrows, and then sometimes I use my artifact, which is a fireworks. So not only does this have knockback, so I will shoot the first zombie villager, shoot him into a crowd. He splits into five, but these are fireworks. So I can literally, like, destroy a crowd with such amazing, amazing feedback. The core gameplay is very, very satisfying <laughs> for nice. a, a, a Minecraft game. Not a ton of levels because they want you to – the replay value is part of the length. So you go through and yeah. then you start getting new artifacts as you go through, new summons. You can summon a, a llama and a wolf on the first playthrough. I have a, a friend who says that he got in with a higher level and he can summon golems with his stuff. So, yeah, really Chris fun. Oh, Hello, Christy. Um, She's not in yet. Oh. So that core gameplay was super fun. And then uh, what I just played, literally the most uh, recent, The Last of Us Part 2. Now, I have to do this without spoilers because there's a a lot of people who haven't played this game yet. Right. But I'd I'd like – 
Yes, Friday, this last Friday, so five days ago. <clears throat> Spoilers did not make it easier to play this game. Because I – someone was was so very kind enough, and I'm saying this extremely sarcastic, to go to the uh, creative director's feed about the game and comment at the very top uh, one of the main components of the game yeah. that happens very early on but is a very huge, huge spoiler. Um, in fact, part of the reason a lot of people are refusing to play the game, which sucks because – this in comparison to a game like God of War is potentially one of the best games I've ever played not only on a technical level but on a story level this is one of those it's definitely diversive in the way that The Last Jedi was to Star Wars in the way it doesn't follow a formula and the creative director said the only way he would do part two is if he found the perfect story for it and he got the idea and it was perfect i think people say the gameplay is flawless but the story sucks and a lot of people are like i didn't like the story game was good but the story sucked and i have to completely disagree i think the story is the strongest strength that it has because it is a tale of revenge in the most heartbreaking of fashions and for them to make a, a The Last of Us Part Two, they would have to make a meaningful story that honestly could be more more disparative than the first game, because the first game has has themes and 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 very very depressing events that happen, shocking events and heartbreaking events that that give you a, an an over overcasting of melancholy and. From the get-go, they have events in this game that cast an even larger shade of melancholy on the entire game. So when you enter the game, you can't take it back. You can't rewind. You can't – they take something that would that would make you incredibly sad in the third act of the game, yeah. such as Dom's death in Gears of War 3. And uh, they do it – much earlier in the game this this tragic event much earlier in the game so that you have to live as a character who's gone through this you have to yeah. play as a character who's gone through this and being that it's a tale of revenge you get to see the themes and this game doesn't play on the well now you're a glorious hero and you're gonna go hurt people um, and you're gonna win in the way that and this is what made the first game really good and sold on it in its last tech demo before release in E3, the first Last of Us, when you're shooting oh. an enemy, what? You yeah, said, oh. You froze for a second there. Okay. Oh, internet. Sorry. In the first game, you could uh, – if you were on the very last guy of a, of a community that was attacking you and you hit him in the knee and you had him on his knees, he could – you could uh, slow walk to him and he'd be on his knees crawling. He'd be like, be like, let me go. I didn't even want to be here doing this. This was their idea. Please. And then he gets up on his knees and he'll throw up his hands. He'll be like, don't. And the first time I let a guy live, I was like, I'm just going to walk away from this. I don't even give a shit. I'm just going to walk away. Uh, he screamed and he ran up behind me and tried to kill me. And ah. 
I turn around, give him a shiv uh, under the uh, chin and the jugular. Following that, every time they got on their knees, you can guess what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and they beg for their life. And then as you pick up your, your shotgun and you aim at their face, they will literally be, like they start screaming and begging for their oh, life. It creates this moral quandary, right? They still capitalize on that in The Last of Us Part Two, in the ways that you take someone out. They also have German Shepherds that track you now. Didn't make it any easier that I have an actual German Shepherd. You get uh, your your uh, crew out, and you're out there, and then you'll snipe someone, or you take them out silently. You keep creeping around, and then when their crew finds them in the game, they'll walk up and go, "No, someone killed Ellie." Oh my gosh! Oh, someone someone killed Eric. Ellie was a bad example because she's the name of the main character. She she's fine, but um, they'll walk up and they'll be like, "Someone killed Julie. What happened to Julie? Somebody's here." Um, one time I sniped a German Shepherd while the while it was on a leash before it could find me and attack me because those dogs are not fun to handle. And the owner, the dog squeals, and the owner goes, "Bear, no." <laughs> <laughs> they name your enemies. Oh no. They name your enemies. Every person you kill in this game is a person. You just guaranteed <laughs> I will never play this game. Exactly. So for that reason, um I, I could get into spoilers. I'd rather just tell you on your own, let give people a chance to play this game and then eventually I can address it without, you know, after it's people have had plenty of time to play the game. It's pretty long. Um, let me tell you some technical aspects, okay? And I think, did I send you a clip of that trap mine that I set down? You did, but I didn't watch it yet. Okay. Um, it might look bad over cellular transition anyway. But at one point, I set down a trip mine. This is to give you an idea of the technical aspects of the game. I set a trip mine down by the front corner of a van. Yeah. I armed it as they were beginning to find me, and I ran back behind a car, and I started having a gunfight with a lady that was coming around the front of this van. I was protected on the other sides. But there were another two guys coming from the top of this parking garage coming down to get me. The trap bomb goes off. They're completely obliterated. She wasn't as close to it, but she got nailed still, and her legs are blown off. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then I kneel down to craft another, another trap bomb just in case that's not the last of them. And then I craft the bomb, and then I stand up. And I look over, and then the guts of these bad guys are dripping from the ceiling in chunks. Oh my god! I finish, and then literally the 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 carnage of the the, the trap mine is not over. I turn around, gravity is starting to pull the guts from the ceiling. Oh no! Fifteen seconds later, and they're rolling down. At first, it rolled down the side of the wall. I'm like, okay, that could have been a glitch. And then a gigantic chunk, like a torso, just like like a liver or something, just drops from the ceiling. I made a clip of that, and I sent it to all of my friends. All of my <laughs> friends. Because that was the coolest. This doesn't happen in video games. Um, but... Furthermore, I also was able to craft explosive arrows at one point, and I was hoping to get two guys when I was in a shopping mall on the second level. I was hoping to get two two guys. The guy behind had a little bit more coverage, so it didn't actually kill him, but the guy that was on the front of the dock next to the boat, um, he got the brunt of it, okay? And when I got down there after I sniped the rest of them, I got down next to the carnage and where he was standing, 
I hit him head on with an explosive arrow. There was nothing left of him. Nothing left of him. <laughs> okay, first of all. The next thing is that where the initial explosion occurs, the blood in a cone is shooting out backwards, becoming wetter and wetter, but at the point of impact, it's charred and burnt into the cement. Oh, jeez. The realism of this game, in the weirdest way, because you find, you hear these people calling each other names. Yeah. Not like me names, but by their name. And then adding to the reality of the carnage, this is a game that will make you feel guiltier than you've ever felt in your life before. And for that reason, despite the fact that the worst what you think could be the possibly the worst thing that could happen to you in the game happens at the beginning. It plays out like a Shakespearean tragedy in this tale of revenge where everyone is just hurting each other and hurting each other and hurting each other. Jeez. So to say that The Last of Us Part 2 is a shit game, in my opinion, means you haven't played it. And you're biased yeah. based on a spoiler opinion. Um, I can understand how people were like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. But The Last Jedi was a very established medium where people were expecting certain things. Yeah. Naturally, there's going to be – like even when I finished the movie, I was like, that wasn't – was that oh, – I feel, I feel empty after that. I feel like I didn't get what I came here to get. And in The Last of Us Part 2, for, for people to be like, well, I don't want to do it because this and this and this happens. Well, you're clearly an idiot to think that Naughty Dog would not pull this off in every sense of the word, every fashion. But also for people to realize that these are groundbreaking stories. You know, um, good guy doesn't have to win all the time. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they win, but at a cost that ends up not being worth it. Right. I'll, I'll tell you when we're done here, Rich, but that's that's pretty much, without going into more spoilers, that is the uh, majority of the games I've played yeah. in the last eight months. All right. Tell me about there, Borderlands 2. <laughs> well, let me just get into this real quick because uh, I forgot that since our last video game record, I, it hasn't just been Borderlands 2. I have acquired several games. Okay. So, But the they're dwarfed in comparison to a game you put almost 300 hours into. That's true. That is true. Now, I, for my birthday, or no, for Christmas, I asked for uh, Nintendo eShop gift cards. It's like, you're going to give me something, give me a Nintendo eShop gift card because there's just so many games oh yeah so i got cuphead for the switch so that i could play through that and that is i mean that's it's like Mega Man. yeah it's almost like Mega Man, except it's nearly exclusive boss levels so it was yes i've yet to beat it but i'm coming back around to it i'll, I'll come help you beat it i've gotten um, joe through like half of it uh tetris 99 I've gotten into. Awesome. That's been lots of fun. Seriously. Uh, I got the collection of mana. Did you so play those I, before? I did not. I always wanted to play Secret of Mana, but it never 
I it was never in stock and whenever I had money and then whenever it was in stock I had no money so I got it I started playing Secret of Mana I'm at the beginning of that okay and then um, for my birthday my other friends got me Overcooked 2 please tell me about this game (laughs) because that online with them okay have you ever if i played overcooked the first one at their house with them i haven't played this this game at all so please elaborate (laughs) i've heard it's amazing this is a co-op cooking game where you're in a kitchen you're all in a kitchen and you have to make dishes to order and serve them up okay dirty dishes come back now all these jobs have to be done. So you have to say that it's say that it's a burrito restaurant. Okay? Somebody's got to grab the rice and steam it. Somebody's got to get the tortilla ready. Somebody's got to prepare the meat. Somebody's got to prepare the beans. Somebody's got to assemble it all onto a plate and then serve it up. So this is dividing labor. And the more players you have, the higher the goals are. So the difficulty scales based on how many players there are. So it's a four player game and I've been playing it with my friends and their daughter. And after playing this game for about 45 minutes, I looked around the room and I said, I love you all, but I'm absolutely furious with every single one of you. (laughs) Because the, that's the nature of this game. It is yeah. so crazy, and you're all trying to cooperate and not get in each other's way and divide the labor so that you're not in each other's way. This, I love how this sounds like a literal video game version of trying to work in a restaurant. It is. It, it, it pretty much Specifically is. Specifically in the kitchen, but like this is this reminds me of working as a server. Just between people, you know, things going wrong, things yep. not coming out in time. There's too many dishes. Like yep. I've had situations as a server where I had to get into the dish pit and wash dishes because the kitchen didn't have dishes and I wasn't about to get my steaks onto the table if there were no dishes. Yeah. And then I was like, what are you doing, dishwasher? You're so slow. Manager, can we hire another dishwasher, please? Kitchen, like, why is this steak rare? <laughs> but like the ki- – the- kitchen starts where it's just this big room and then there's a counter going between them okay on the bottom half of the counter there is the storage for the tomatoes the storage for the lettuce Mm -hmm. and the uh the server window where the orders go out yeah on the other side are two chopping uh chopping blocks uh-huh. so you prepare the food there <clears throat> and the dishes and the dishwasher yeah so the people whoever's on the bottom has to pass up the ingredients whoever's on top has to grab those ingredients from the counter that the bottom team has put on there they have to take it over to the chopping block chop them plate them put the completed plates back down and then the teams on the bottom have to grab the completed plates serve them up grab the dirty dishes and put them on the counter 
The top team then wow. has to grab those dirty dishes, go up, wash them, and then put the clean dishes back down. Wow. And this is just serving salads. So you've got to coordinate who's doing what and how and everything. Right. Okay. Very fun. Very frustrating. It will test your friendships. <laughs> Those are the best games, though. Exactly. So Overcooked 2 is just like Overcooked, but it's expanded now. Okay. Now I in did... Overcooked 2, you can actually throw things to other people. Oh, wow. And they can catch them. Now, if they're on their way to pick up something else mm -hmm. and you thrown an object into their hands, they can't pick it up anymore. They have to drop whatever you threw them mm -hmm. before they can pick up whatever they're on their way to. So it's like, ah, I need pasta and you just threw me a tomato. What the hell? Wow. And there are restaurants in the sky. So there are floating barges. Wow. You have to throw the ingredients over and then they have to prepare them, put them onto a barge that just passes between the two other barges. What? Because you can't throw completed meals. So that ha so they have to complete everything wow. on the other side, put it on the barge, the barge brings it over, you pick it up, serve it, you know. And it's I saw crazy a clip. like that. It's crazy like that across the board. Yeah, because so, I saw a preview that they were doing it on a, a like a moving food truck. Yes. Uh-huh. So there's moving food trucks, there's um street vendors where you've got crowds coming in between the serving stations. So what you're saying is, Sarah, and I desperately need to play this game. It will test your marriage. Do you have to have four people? No. No. Okay. We could play it on my Switch. Oh, dope. Okay. You guys could come over and we could play three-player. That would be fun. Or, we, or Christy could come in and we could play four-player. We'll do that. Easy peasy. Yeah. That'd be key. Yeah. Chances are I just bring my Switch to your place when we play three-player. Yeah, whatever. Well, we still want to have you guys over to see the new place anyway. Yeah. That'd be cute. That would be cool. Sounds like it's happening. So, I've been playing that with them over the internet. So, I'll text them and be like, so, what's cooking? And they're like, <laughs> let us finish dinner. <laughs> So I have been playing something other than Borderlands 2. I've been playing majority Borderlands 2, but I have been playing other stuff. Well, how can you not? Right. So years ago, <laughs> at this point, Ellie brought over Borderlands the Handsome Collection for me to borrow and play. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. Never gave it a shot. Just sat there on the shelf collecting dust. Both of you gave me shit over and over and over to the point where I was like, okay, we're not recording podcasts. Let me let me dip into this Borderlands. Let me just yeah. see. Played 20 minutes, got sick, and turned it off. Came back to it later. Started from the beginning again. Got about 20 minutes, got sick, turned it off. This okay. happened about four or five times before I realized, hey, if you just go into rest mode instead of turning the whole damn thing off, you can continue where you left off and not have to start all over because you turned the thing off. It's true. At that point, that's when I started making some real progress in this game. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay. 
I played it through all the way till I beat Handsome Jack. Mm -hmm. And that's when the game really begins. But that's when I put down that character. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, let me try it with a different character because that was pretty good. I'm going to mm -hmm. try it with someone else. Mm -hmm. So I started with Zero, the assassin, and yeah. I was not that impressed with his deception skill. So I decided to go with the Mecromancer and yep. try the Death Trap. Gage. Skill. Gage is amazing. Sarah would this agree with you. I really fell in love with the game. Uh-huh. Playing Gage. How did you only win third prize at the science fair? <laughs> <laughs> so I played through with Gage, and I played through most of everything. Most of the DLC, most of the expanded content. Most of that's been done with Gage. Gage is now at like 65 level, I'd say. Nice. She's up there. Perfect. She took on the badass creator of Badassitude with mm -hmm. Mr. Torg. Mm -hmm. Probably my favorite NPC in the whole yes. game. Yes. Especially in Assault on Dragon Keep. Yep. Because he suggests a shotgun that fires swords that explode. Yeah. That's typical Torg. <laughs> and that, then that's a, that's my favorite weapon mm -hmm. of all. And up until that point, I had not used a shotgun, really, unless okay. the mission required it. Right. I barely used a shotgun. I'd mm -hmm. always use sniper rifles or pistols. Okay. Until the sword shotgun that explodes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. This I went is... back. I went back and expanded my shotgun shell count so that I could hold enough ammo to never stop using this gun. Yeah. And that's it's that's the glory of Borderlands. This is why I would also argue that Borderlands 3 is peak Borderlands because these kinds of weapons are constantly popping up now because there is a cheeseburger bazooka. Yeah. In early Borderlands 3, that um, that's not the only weapon mod you get. You can shoot out uh, little bouncing balls uh, that explode eventually. You can shoot out little turrets that have legs and then start talking shit as they run in to shoot your enemies. They, it's the the, the game does not ever disappoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, once I played to that point with Gage. Uh-huh. That's when I was like, okay, I'm going to go through with everyone. Yes. Everyone. I'm going to see who my favorite is. Okay. So I went through with Axton. Axton's probably at a, like a level 13. I kind of got tired of him. Axton is the soldier with the uh, turret shield, correct? Yeah. He's the commando okay. with the turret. Okay. So I wasn't that impressed with him. And then I went, and then I went and started Salvador. The gunzerker. Yep. Who gunzerks. That's my man. Shortest character is, in the game. <laughs> he is by far the easiest character to play with. I would agree. Mm -hmm. He is like he is like easy mode for this game. Yes. Maybe that wouldn't have been the case if I started with him, but 
yeah. being that he was the third character that I got up to true Vault Hunter mode, mm-hmm. he seemed very, very easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have an ability called Sexual Tyrannosaurus, yeah. which, what is it, upon a melee, you get all of your health back? Or something like that? No, it's you gain health whenever you're, you take damage. Yep. Yes. So yep. It's, it's like if the bullet would deal seven damage to you, you gain like ten. Yes. <laughs> I saw that skill and I was like, oh, look, looks like I'm playing as Salvador for the rest of the game. Because <laughs> yeah. I went through a couple of them myself. I wanted to try all of them. Yeah. And I ended up landing on Salvador, too, for my first playthrough. Yeah. So. I, uh, so right now on the PS4, I'm, I've am i got Maya up to about a level 15. I'd say. Mm-hmm. And then I got. Well, okay. Let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. After I, after I maxed out, well, after I got to the bunker with gauge and I was dying, I died like three times. I was like, you know, I kind of want to try borderlands three. I'm going to get borderlands three. I'm going to give that a shot. So I picked up borderlands three and I started playing it enjoyed it immensely mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. enjoy it i plan on going back to it alternate firing modes makes it so you have like eight weapons instead of four yeah um there's a boatload of legendary drops yes and like far far more than there were in borderlands 2 and i got into the habit of being very very precious about my legendary weapons so now, when I'm playing Borderlands 3, I'm still being precious about my legendary weapons, and I'm like, do I really need to be? Because I'm getting so many. Yeah. So I'm they- like, oh, I'm at like level, I'm at like level 12 now. Do I still need to hold on to my level 5 legendary weapon? Uh... It's a little tough, but you need to grow in, in weapon level. That, I mean, that could be a design flaw a little bit is that you're always getting like the best of the best but as you go through the game you will just eventually continue to get better um better weapons that grow and eventually all of it really you can play based on preference you really can um because they will begin to drop things that you're like okay i undisputedly want this like the 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 um i had a a shotgun that was like uh, uh called uh ride tk baja's wave and it's the exact same shotgun you get from TK Baja's dead body in the first Borderlands, but it's all pumped up. And no I was like, okay. spoilers. And then I, uh, you knew that. And then no, I didn't know I got, that he died in the game. I thought he died between the games. I thought you said he was like super. No, okay, no, he gets brutally murdered in the first game. Um, that that's spilled milk. I'm sorry. Um, and then I, when you said it was like sad or something like that, I was like, I thought you had already done it because you said TK Baja was sad. When we talked about it on no, the phone no, yesterday, day before when yesterday. When I played Borderlands 2, I went to his house. Oh. When you're in Borderlands 2, you go through Firestone. Mm-hmm. And so when I started playing the original Borderlands. Coraline actually saved our ass because I stopped recording earlier and forgot ooh. to turn it back on. So thanks, Coraline. Thanks, Coraline. I couldn't do it without her. Couldn't do a lot of things without the Coraline. That's right. Because she's the best. So, 
So I went to Borderlands 3. I I got to uh, Trount. So I have to go back and kill him and then continue on in that. But in the meantime... Yeah. In the meantime, I got stuck with him and I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to go back to Borderlands 2. I think I enjoyed that a bit more than Borderlands 3. So I'm going to play some more Borderlands 2. And I went back to Borderlands 2. Okay. And then I was like, you know, I wonder about Borderlands. Because I played Borderlands 2, I played Borderlands 3, I wonder how Borderlands is. Yeah, naturally. So I went checking, and uh, there's a few days left of this, but uh, <laughs> GameStop was having a sale on all of their pre-owned games under $25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, you got 20% off each of them. Three, 30% off each of them. Mm-hmm. Four, 40% off. Five, if you bought five or more, you got 50% off each game. Whoa. So, I stacked up. <gasps> There's a lot of games there. There are eight games here. Call them out. All right. Here we go. Borderlands. Game, game of the game, Year Edition. Game of the Year Edition. Okay. This, just game one. Perfect. Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition. Uh, long overdue. Yep. Final Fantasy Twelve Zodiac Age. Also a very good game, depending on who you ask. I wonder how you feel about this one. Uh, Bioshock The Collection. Oh, kind of like the special edition vinyl I have sitting in my new vinyl player of the uh, soundtrack from the first game. Almost like I'm a super fan or something. Yeah, you you might be into it or something. I might like Bioshock a little bit. Chances are you've got some experience with it. So that's a really good decision. Creed Syndicate. That's honestly the best one since Black Flag. Um, if you're not talking Origins or uh, uh, Odyssey, um, before they did the whole rehash of how the game works with RPG elements, Syndicate is, like, fun. <laughs> okay. I couldn't stop playing uh, Syndicate uh, a lot like Black Flag before it. So Okay, yeah, because Black Flag I took to the end. Probably my favorite of them, though, is Brotherhood. Yes, Brotherhood was also very fun. I enjoyed Brotherhood quite a bit. I did. I enjoyed killing everyone in the multiplayer while getting a blowjob and getting first place and then telling everyone I just got a blowjob while I murdered them relentlessly. True story. Continue. Dark Souls Remastered. Oh, yeah. Because I figured you guys weren't wrong about Borderlands. You couldn't possibly be wrong about Dark Souls either. Pretty much, and the funny thing about that, uh, I forgot to mention, I'm playing it again. Right now, that remastered edition. I finally got back into it. I'm taking Gage, said Mr. DJ uh, Axel, composer of the jingle, um, through it for the first time. Um, And finally getting back into it, so I can help you now. Neat. Horizon Zero Dawn. You are probably going to like that game the most out of all of them, and let me tell you why. The game for me was a stale rehash with a nice-looking new skin on it. Tell you why. Because it is literally a combination of the new Tomb Raider games. Have you played them? Nope. They are a combination of Tomb Raider games and Far Cry games. Have you played them? No. You're going to be fine. 
the only other thing it has outside of that is Assassin's Creed, but even then, those stealth elements and stuff are in most games anyway. You can't really complain about those. But because of the combination of all those, I feel like it was over-received. A lot of people said it would have been best game of the year if not for Breath of the Wild. Um, I have to disagree just because it's a it's a grindier Tomb Raider Far Cry with robot animals. Okay. That's all it is. But because you have not played any of those games, the uh, Horizon's going to be fucking amazing for you. Okay. Of these games, I know two of them are first person. Yes. Are the rest of them, do you know? No. They're okay, not. good. Because uh yeah, no Diablo's top down. Um, 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 Bioshock first person. The Horizon is third person. What else you get? Dark Souls is third person. Syndicate, Assassin's Syndicate. Creed Syndicate, third person. Third person. Yep. And then the last one here, Nino Kuni Two: Revenant Kingdom. I played the first one and I liked it. The games, those games, Nino Kuni looks like a, a Studio Ghibli made game. That is the art style. That was kind of the appeal for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see how it plays. Well, we'll I dropped see. off of the first Nino Kuni when it started getting very Pokemon-ish in gameplay, but I heard Wrath of the White Witch, the second game, is really good. Okay. So I started loading them into the PS4 because, you know, it takes fucking forever and a day to load a new game into the yes. PS4. Yes. So I got Diablo 3 and Dark Souls both loaded in. Perfect. And then I got Borderlands loaded in, and I just started playing Borderlands. It's time. Still. So. You can't I go wrong with off Borderlands. With, I started off with Mordecai, the hunter, in uh, Borderlands. Mm-hmm. And who did you and play in Borderlands watching... 3? Huh? Which class did you pick in Borderlands 3? Um. Oh, uh, what's his name? The operative? The one that has the digiclone. The operative, yeah. Yeah, the operative. I, I'm the Beastmaster. You are the Beastmaster. That'll uh-huh. probably be next. Oh, yeah. And then followed by the uh, Gunner. Um, Sarah oh. plays the Gunner. I've never been more proud of her. Nice. We can't probably, beat her. She's probably stupid excellent in the Gunner as well. Gage and I really tried to PvP with her. Um, We tried PvPing with her to see who was the best, and we can't beat her. No. We can't. We were like, well, fine. Don't get into your mech then. Don't get into your mech. Stop nuking us with your mech. And then she still won. <laughs> Sarah's kind of really good at Borderlands now. Well, Sarah's probably really, really good at all the shooters. I, a lot of the girls that are, are women, the females. They're better shots than us. They are way more accurate shots. I tell you what. I played Resident Evil 5. Might have told the story before, Okay. Played Resident Evil 5 for years and years and years with Joe, the BFFFF. And so much. I know that game top to bottom. I could probably go in and speedrun it right now. And then I take her through for her first playthrough. And every single time we go through, her accuracy blows me out of the fucking water. Yeah. I can't keep up. Like, her accuracy is... I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. It's uh, women are better than men. We now that we say a lot. I know for sure I've said that. Uh, Women are just better than men. Men's are pieces of shits, and not just because we have shitty aim. Yeah. 
<laughs> what has it been like getting into first person, like uh, over overcoming that? Because obviously you're gonna dive into Bioshock now and et cetera. It's, but it is a it is a very 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 tough grind. Mm-hmm. Has it gotten better though? At least the the recovery rate has improved okay. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So if you remember when we were doing the Resident Evil 4 playthrough, I was yeah. screwed. Yeah, you were green. I was green, and I was not recovered fully for three days. Are you serious? Yeah, it took, took a you while. three days to, to get over? Oh. Oh. It was Wow. It was bad. And I was like, I think we should stop. And you were like, no, you're almost there. And I was like, I think we should stop. You're like, we're almost there. And I was like, we were almost there. Kill you, but fine. We'll do this. (laughs) I'm sorry. So it's fine. So the key was to slowly build up. Okay. So I didn't do a marathon session of Borderlands for a long time. Mm hmm. Then I finally got to where I could play for like four hours and be fine. Okay. Not have any motion sickness at all. Okay. But then if I put it down for about a week and I come back, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Oh, gotta geez. Turn it off. It's it. Anytime I go an extended period of time without playing, mm-hmm. it resets. Maybe you should go to Bioshock before you go to Diablo 3. So you're not reset when you get into Bioshock. Well, no, I, I'm going to reset when I go, go into Bioshock anyway, because it's going to be a different frame rate. It's going to be a different engine. Truth. It's going to be different graphics. It's going to be a different Very style. Truth. Yes. Different speeds. There are so many things that mm-hmm. go into all of it. Yes. Like, by far, on while playing Borderlands, the mm-hmm. easiest time I had was in the Oasis. Really? playing the oasis dlc yeah big wide open areas yeah there was so i have a feeling bioshock is going to be a very very tough playthrough for me considering that it's all underwater yeah definitely will be so there's gonna be a lot of tunnels a lot of rooms Mm -hmm. and that's the tough thing for me I'd like to offer that Bioshock Infinite would be better because it's in like a sky city instead of an underwater city, but they also have sky rails in that. Yeah, <laughs> literal like because yeah, I did play Bioshock. roller coasters. Yeah, and I got I could play for about an hour before yeah. it was like I gotta turn it off. I gotta turn it off. And then there's like one point in the game near the I want to say like maybe four or five hours in. Uh-huh. Where you're fighting big daddies on the sky rail. Uh-huh. Like you're just kind of circling around them. Mm-hmm. And that I was like, I can't. I can't do this. It, no. <laughs> this ain't going to work. Yeah. I'm going to hurl. If it was and real life and, and you were on that sky rail. Infinite, so. huh? if, it was, if it was real life and you were on that sky rail, you would have just barfed all over that sky rail. Oh, I would have. I would have been dead in seconds barf your uh, on your enemies they'd be like ah never mind we're going home dead in seconds i would be so fucking dead so you know still still um still still so what i was saying earlier when i went when i started playing borderlands 
and I was going through Firestone and I was like, oh my gosh, I know where everything is in Firestone mm-hmm. because of the wreckage mm-hmm. in Bio- in Borderlands 2. Yeah. And then when I went to meet TK Baja, I realized that I went and plundered his house in Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. So I know he's dead. Right. And I was like, oh, TK, you're going to die. Yeah. But then you just told me that he gets brutally murdered, so I'm like, fuck. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll open the door and he's, like, strung up. So It's pretty yeah, bad. I acquired Borderlands Gear of the Year Edition for the PS4, <laughs> and I was like, man, I wish I could play these anywhere, anytime, whatever. And then I saw that it was released for the Switch. Yeah, like, two weeks ago. So that now I have it for the Switch. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I have been, like, thoroughly immersing myself in all that is borderlands aside from tales from the borderlands oh i've been because i played through quite a bit of the pre-sequel i love the pre-sequel in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you can uh, the oz kit outside of atmosphere boosting oh, your jumps oh, too. it's really tiny i know <laughs> it's so fucking cool it is and it's i mean i I haven't beaten the pre-sequel. That's the only one I haven't beaten yet because I did beat Tales of the Borderlands. I forgot to talk about that. Probably one of the best Telltale games that you can have with a finale that I honestly did not expect to enjoy as much as I did. But um, it was something else. Uh, with the the Borderlands stuff, I haven't beaten the pre-sequel, sequel, but I'm really glad you found it on the on the Switch. I don't know that I could buy it again. Um, mainly because I saved a lot of my Borderlands gameplay for Sarah, but I would totally hop into the pre-sequel with you, because she doesn't really like it. Ah, Wilhelm is... Wilhelm's just a ass. Just badass. Yeah. And I realize that I cap him in Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. But... Like, right away. About midway. Roughly. Yeah, roughly. Midway through the first section. I think I'm about to beat him with Maya. Not sure. Very nice. So, but I started a fresh game of Borderlands 2 on the Switch, playing as Krieg. So now, Krieg. Once I play with him, I will have played through all of the available characters Dope. for Borderlands 2. They aren't going to have any DLC characters for Borderlands 3, which is honestly okay because they have, like, the different skill trees. You can build all the classes, like, a lot more specifically to your needs, which is kind of cool because this time when you run into another person who's a duplicate class, like, because my friend Scott Oni, a friend of the show, is a a Beastmaster too, but he has a a spider ant. I run with with the uh, um, Jabber because, well... He's got to run the jewels Easter egg. Okay. If you if you go to pet him, he'll do the run the jewels sign. The sorry, mirrored. He does this, <laughs> and then Beast, okay. Beastmaster will start saying run the jewels things, and I'm like, oh, looks like I'm never playing with the skag again, which is what I did for the first playthrough. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but Borderlands Three. I'm excited uh, for you to to get into more Borderlands Three. Um, I would. I'm excited for them to release co- crossplay on consoles, which is inevitably coming. Um, yeah. 
because we can uh, play some some of that DLC together. I know that the fourth DLC is going to have something to do with Krieger. A lot of people imagine it's going into the mind of Krieger, who's a psycho, literal psycho, but he's also a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, because he experimented on, on himself with psycho DNA and then became the super psycho. But um, then so far we played the DLCs, which are really like really fun all of them i feel like a couple of the borderlands 2 dlcs were a little flat um in theme except for assault on tiny tina's dragon keep which was clearly like it it's not even none of the borderlands 3 dlc comes close to 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 tiny tina's dragon keep yeah but um they're all easily taking second place Uh, the first one's a casino uh jack mad jack uh handsome jack's jackpot or something like that mad moxie's handsome jackpot that's what it's called yeah where you're going back to it but it's a it's a casino in space and the funny thing is that they got the voice actor for handsome jack back because he's everywhere in this casino there's a giant head of him in the atrium just talking shit to you the whole time and it's so funny because like his goal people go in there and they act like it's like literally hell because you can't escape like as soon as you walk in he says he says you're going to be lucky to leave here with your shirt. <laughs> and then you fight a bunch of robots, a bunch of loaders he sends at you. And he's like, clear these guys out. And then you kill all the loaders. And he's like, he's like, well, I guess I'll let you through. By the way, I'm putting all those loaders on your tab. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you. Handsome Jack is probably the number one selling point for me on Borderlands 2. Oh, yeah. Totally. That, is what, that is what kept me in. Mm-hmm. Just handsome Jack coming in over whatever you're doing and just talking so much shit to you. Mm-hmm. The whole game. It doesn't stop. No. Until you kill him. I almost didn't want to kill him. It's true. I just wanted him to keep talking shit. And the thing is, is that if you don't kill him, yeah, he'll keep talking. He doesn't stop talking until you kill him. Mm-mm. Nope. It's it's great. I loved it. <clears throat> well, I could probably sell you on Tales of the Borderlands immediately then. <laughs> All right then. Cuz it's uh definitely got some handsome jack in it. Yep, that's what that's what sold me on the pre-sequel. That's why I bounced into the pre-sequel because mm-hmm. of handsome jack in there. Yeah, in the first episode of uh uh the Tales of the Borderlands, you're searching for a vault key. Um, and then you finally get it as one of the characters and he like, and he touches the vault key and it, and it shocks him and he's thrown on the floor. He's like, what the shit? And he sits up and he's like tapping his, his module. Cause he's kind of cyber, cybernetically modified. And he's like tapping it. He's like, okay, okay. And then you hear handsome Jack go great. And you turn around and handsome Jack is standing right there. And he's like, you and I have some talking to do. So you've basically got a mind whore crux of handsome Jack. <laughs> nice. Yes, it will be much worth, very worth. Well, I'm gonna play through Borderlands and Borderlands pre sequel and right. Borderlands Three. I'm 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 happy that you're playing those games and enjoying them so much. Yeah. Um. I'm you know, vastly enjoying them. <clears throat> you know that uh, Borderlands Two also has a new addition. It's in virtual reality. There's no way that's happening. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we don't know that yet. One of these days, 
when you come over, I'm putting the headset on you, the goggles on you. Have a bucket ready. (laughs) To play. No, I already made one. I have a custom one. It's on ropes, so you can just look down and hurl into it. Uh, Daniel got a PSVR on Black Friday for, like, dirt cheap. Nice. And let me tell you what. VR is definitely next worldly. (laughs) VR is everything you want it to be and that's how I end up like selling people into trying it is I tell I tell a lot of people like VR is not gimmicky it's not VR is not a gimmick anymore it is legitimate you put it on and you look over a cliff and you're like fuck I might fall that is that is VR at its core I'm hoping that you won't get motion sickness odds are yeah I would say there's a 90% chance it's gonna fuck with you um but we should still well, we should we we don't know till we try though. The the main the main reason I'm I'm fairly confident that it's going to make me sick is because mm-hmm. motion sickness in video games is related to my vertigo. Okay. So vertigo is something that it's just <laughs> drained. If you're off the ground and you yeah. look down, the ground spins and your equilibrium gets thrown off. Right. And that's guaranteed what's going to happen because the number one factor of causing motion sickness and more people get motion sickness, even if they don't have it, they will get it in VR because they're actually moving, but their body's not moving. Right. And when they do that, that's when it completely like they're like, where am I? And they can't even stand. So but you can play sitting and that's the important part. You know what I mean? And then there are some games that are completely stationary as well, such as Beat Saber. Which is Guitar Hero with lightsabers. Everybody's playing Beat Saber. Yeah. Um, I've heard so much about Beat Saber. Sarah's played it more than I have. We have all the song packs. She'll be like, do we even like Green Day? And I'll be like, no. She's like, well, I'm buying the song pack. (laughs) And uh, she's almost made more. She's almost made more microtransaction purchases now more than me because – well, they have a Panic at the Disco pack. They have an Imagine Dragons pack. There was no way around it. So – but the game is really cool because you can get a workout in the living room playing the game. So – It's pretty funny because every time I imagine dragons, I tend to panic at the disco. Oh, I see what you did there. And so with the lightsabers – it's a really good workout in fact so much that during the pandemic because people were not able to get out and exercise they released a workout song that basically has you doing lunges oh jeez specifically they throw these barriers at you because you actually have to move to dodge barriers with your head um catch things they have single saber mode where you only use one it is hard because they take you from like a full over here up in the air to all the way to the bottom right in a split second so you literally have to the whole time it's pretty it's not fun um but the content of that is fun i want to go go through the vr pretty fast because it's it's the cool thing about vr is the possibilities that it opens more than anything there are some games that are just gimmicky because they're gimmicky there's other ones like i've i've talked about eve valkyrie for hours on end got that one um that you can flip upside down, you know, pull up and down. It is the closest thing you'll get to flying a plane if you don't have a plane license, you know. Um, I need to pull out my list of games because of how many there are. I do have Skyrim VR. 
which which I played a little bit of, uh, super fun. Surgeon Simulator, which is also incredibly fun, um, mainly because you do surgery in the worst possible ways, and then you have to do it on a moving ambulance, and then you hit speed bumps, and you don't have to do it well. Okay, you go in, you cut things. You can't let them bleed out very fast, but um, then you can go into space with zero gravity. And the faster you do the surgery, the better. So if you need to do a brain transplant and your chosen method um, of getting through the skull is with a hammer, uh, you won't get points dinged, (laughs) so you can't take a hammer. You crack it open. Um, watched Ellie came, uh, played it once. Take the cooler with the heart in it for the heart transplant. She grabbed the cooler, threw the cooler in the chest cavity, and got an A plus plus plus. So that's how that works. Uh, no, it's not. If you open the the jar of eyeballs when you're doing the eye transplant, you can put a smiley face or an eight ball in the eye sockets <laughs> instead. It's a silly game. It's Sarah's favorite easily. Um, Now, this is where uh, – I'll talk about virtual Rickality for a second because I sent you some gameplay for virtual Rickality. Yeah, that about made me lose it. uh, Yeah. So the gameplay – the first level consisted of going to the garage and um, you are a clone of Morty. Just plain and simple, (laughs) you're a clone of Morty. That is the that is the point of the game, and then you uh, he he's like, I'm gonna run you through some stuff. You're gonna do my day to day while I'm doing this stuff. So it's just stock Rick and Morty antics where uh, he's like he's on a wristwatch berating you for being an idiot clone. Rick is sure. so you have to look at your wristwatch for instructions. At one point, you have to shrink yourself down to charge a battery to do the thing. I forgot what the objective was, but there's a uh, Mr. Meeseeks box that acts as a grenade and you end up losing a battery and it rolls away and you have to throw the Mr. Meeseeks and he's like, hi. And then you can literally throw as many of these as you want until you get it right. And then there's like 10 Mr. Meeseeks, but he mirrors your movement. You can't actually leave the garage, but he mirrors your movement. So you have to bend down to pick up the grenade and toss it back to yourself. And you're watching Mr. Meeseeks do the exact same movement that you are, right? Oh, my gosh. You catch the grenade. You turn around. Um, Not the grenade, sorry. The battery cell, which uh, you need to refill for uh, Rick's satellite, actually. So um, to get that battery cell that you had Mr. Meeseeks drive for you, you hit the button to a portal. Portal opens up, a Rick portal. You step through it. You're in space. <laughs> Uh, unscrew it, grab it out of the wall. You go in um, to get to get the right button um, key to shrink yourself. You need to blend carrots and metal objects into whatever the basement creature likes. So you open the hatch and you use a little blender uh, option to combine like a uh, 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 gold a gold spoon and a carrot. So it's a gold carrot because it only likes cold carrots and like silver apples. So you have to, you can't use broccoli. You have to go to the fridge. You can't use broccoli. You can't use uh, 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 oranges. So you have to make the right things, drop them in the hole. And then he'll toss up whatever you need to activate the computer. I remember now that's what you're doing. And then to remember how you do the Ram, you have to get in Rick's shrinking ray, which takes you to a mini computer. All of a sudden you're on the desk and the garage is huge. (laughs) And you have to play a Bop It style um, memory game on the desk. At this point, 
Rick and Morty come back and they fly the spaceship um, into the driveway and Rick's berating Morty for looking like how his clone is just like the biggest idiot in the world and and Rick is like you're an asshole or uh, Morty is like you're an asshole Rick and they're just talking shit to each other outside of the garage while you're trying to play the game so flawless victory and I haven't even beat the first level <laughs> needless to say um, gameplay wise Another kind of groundbreaking thing is with shooters, for instance. Uh, both The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners and Killing Floor Incursion have this, but what they do is they program it so your your triggers on your motion handles can also line up with your body. So when I want to grab a pistol, I can actually reach down and equip it in my hand. Nice. If I want to do a grenade, I can use both hands and I have to pull the pin before I throw the grenade. Now keep in mind when you're playing with each other when you're playing with each other uh in co-op because this was a co-op game that me and Joe played together mm-hmm. you can see each other as like heads torsos and hands so we were literally able to like high five during cutscenes we'd look at each other and like we're like high fiving in VR and at one point a lot of the uh um there are hitboxes in video games of your character and, like, enemies to make sure they collide with things. And a group of zombies got blocked up in a stairwell. And at this point, I'm like, a grenade is happening right now. When you get critical kills, headshots, whatever, um, or multi-kills, you get uh, time slows down. This is something that happened and probably the number one VR moment for me and Joe. Um... Number two, actually, I'll tell you what the number one is in a second. But I pull, I pull the pin on the grenade, and I toss it over, while there are like twenty zombies blocked up in the stairwell, and they just explode everywhere. And I'm like, Joe, this is happening. And I throw it, and everything goes slow motion. And he says, I know how happy you were because I looked over, and I just see your hands and your torso in the air, shaking. <laughs> <laughs> victory in the air <laughs> he's like i saw you literally celebrating in real life at what you had just done <laughs> that's cool yes it is um the walking dead uh in ways that development of these games can take things over the top anyone lots of people have watched episodes of the walking dead from time to time you need to use knives the most um and Saints and Sinners is kind of a survival horror where you have to, like, craft guns. So you enter the first level. You don't even have a gun yet. You have to make it, and you have to scavenge for it. So you're only able to kill zombies with a knife. Stabbing motion is the easiest because they're face-to-face with you, right? You could hold it like a sword, but you can't. So most of the time, you're killing zombies just like you would in real life in The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. So you take the knife, you stab it through the skull, and then it gets stuck. You have to take your other hand, put it on the zombie's head, and pull the skull out of it. Oh, jeez. While the zombie's in your face. VR is probably the coolest thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's a game called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. I'm not sure if you've heard of this one. Have you heard of this one? I've heard of it, but I've heard nothing about it. We'll probably play it. It's a bomb diffusing game. The person with the goggles is the only one that can see the bomb. And you have to describe what's on the bomb, like Morse code or 
or um, um, puzzles, word puzzles, stuff like that. Things that only the people outside of the goggles with pamphlets of bomb defusal manuals can find out for you. Oh, jeez. So it's a race against time while this bomb explodes. You have to find out how many batteries are on it before you can cut a certain amount of wires. So you have to flip the bomb around, look at the top, look at the bottom, look at the sides, tell the serial code. It's awesome. Awesome game. Right? Gameplay just goes to the whole next level. There's a reason this is the next best thing. So there is a demo for a game that's coming out on July 1st or 3rd or something like that that I have played three times a demo. Haven't done this since I was a kid because I couldn't afford games, but I played a demo three times. It is in the video. It's Iron Man. (laughs) Iron Man VR. And I'll tell you why. You start on an island, on a beach, across from the Stark Manor. And it tells you, okay, test your thrusters. So you put your hands down by your sides. You activate the thrusters. Yep. (laughs) And he says, double trigger to boost. And then you shoot across the water. (laughs) What? Iron Man style. Yes. So you can control your direction by actually aiming your hands. It is... It's the definition of Iron Man, what Iron Man would work like. The first level has you falling out of a plane. You fall out of the plane, you catch your gauntlets in your chest piece while you're flying, and then you catch back up to the plane. They have you doing superhero moves. Uh, Well, not superhero moves, but superhero actions, such as like putting out a fire in the engine of the plane. So you got to fly around to that. You got to fly to the other side of the plane and uh, fix a wing. So it has you grabbing parts of the wing and like, bending it back into place so it doesn't crash while being attacked by uh hacked uh stark drones which is part of the story oh so while you're flying you have to be able to shoot them while also pushing yourself out of the way so you're not hit by the projectiles Please. yes it is probably i mean if i ever want to see you puke i'll put you in there <laughs> probably probably i'm just saying I will probably puke. I'd yeah. give it a shot, though. That sounds fucking cool as shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For all we know, maybe VR is what you need to play games and not. Maybe. 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 You can sit down, too. That might help a little bit. I'm sitting down when I'm playing regular games. Well, it's not fun to sit down when you play VR, really, because you can, like, crouch to, like, dodge things. But either way, it's, like, super fun. It sounds cool. I'd love to give it a shot. I want to put well, you I'm in just it. Prepared to vomit. Have you ever tried VR like in the old arcades and stuff before it was actually a thing? Uh, Not that it was correct VR, but sort of like a cheap knockoff headset. Because I remember playing like a cheap Star Wars virtual reality thing at at Elitch's at Six Flags once. There was a there was an arcade in Indianapolis. Yeah. At Union Station, that had battle mech simulators in it. Yes, where you would actually get into the, you would get into the capsule. I remember. I remember. Come up, and that was your battlefield. You control the mech. Yeah, those were cool. Those were so badass. Yeah, my friends were much better at it than I was, but that's about the closest I came to virtual reality and that wasn't even really virtual reality that was more just like a battle sim 
Fair enough. But still. Still. It's about the clothes. I miss those. I'm glad you brought those up. Those are the best. I would love to play uh, Titanfall in VR now that we think yeah. about it. For me to jump up, for me to, oh man, that game would, oh man, that game would kill in VR. I think it's a little bit too fast for VR quite yet because the movement can be a little bit joggy. That's the one thing that sucks is you have to do a lot of rotation. There's You can do like plain motion moving, but something that does help is teleportation too. So you can actually hit a button, it'll adjust the length for you, and it makes a little circle on the ground, and then you can go to that place. So sometimes oh, tele- teleporting movement works. What? I wonder if we could buy an old battle mech cabinet uh, pod that you sit in and oh, just shit. refit it. I bet you can. This makes me want to bring up a game that was just announced instead of the Star Wars catch-up. Okay. Okay. Uh, rewind to six-year-old, seven-year-old Daniel who uh, always thought it was the coolest thing when Aunt Mel would let him play on her computer. First choice was Rogue Squadron with a flight stick. I knew, I knew the cheat codes, so I would fire up the Millennium Falcon and play the whole game in the Millennium Falcon because it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I loved playing the Y-Wing. Yeah. See, you played, okay, so you know. I loved Rogue Squadron. I Rogue Squadron was the number one reason that I got a uh, 64. I want to say I had it on the 64. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's how I knew the cheat codes, playing yeah. on 64. Did you ever play, uh, use the cheat codes? Um, I had them. I don't think I used them. Okay. Because you could get a Cadillac, and if you went to cockpit view – uh, the Cantina th- band was yeah. playing the theme on the radio. It was super cool. Fast forward yeah. to 2020. Star Wars Squadrons is announced with full yep. f- flight stick and VR support. <laughs> I'm going to be a happy camper in October. I'm going to be going nuts. In this you're game, gonna a, you're gonna be in a Y. You're gonna be in an X-wing. Just oh yeah, for days. No, for days, no one's gonna stop me. I'm just gonna sit in there. And I'm not gonna leave. I just remembered. I did use one cheat code to have the Tie Fighter, so yeah. that I could fly. Oh, the tie mm-hmm. yeah, always perfect. You still have the GameCube, right? Yes. Here's what we need to do. We need to do that. Get Rogue Squadron three, which has a co-op only version. Of Rogue Squadron 2. Okay. If we can find it. We'll find it. We'll do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. It'll be easy. We'll find it. It's not that hard. I need another GameCube controller. I only have one. Oh, I have one. Okay, cool. Oh, no. Mine's wireless. So that won't work. Um, I'll borrow one from Gabe, our new muscular friend who can move couches upstairs on his own. Oh, 95% shoulder guy? Yes, 95% shoulder guy. He's really yeah. good at Super Smash Bros. I've been playing a lot of Super Smash Bros. too, but that's... A, why bring that up? You know what yeah. I mean? It's just everyone plays Super... Why would I stop playing Smash Bros.? You know what I mean? Never stopped. Everyone knows I'm still playing it. At least once I a month. Once. Yeah. Anyways. Rich... And I did win one round. You did? That was the best. That was the absolute best. Guys, this well, has been... Jigglypuff what? Oh, there was one other thing. What is the one other thing? 
Which one are you thinking about getting first? The Xbox Series X or the PS5? Oh, jeez. It's too early to say. But on the next episode of Excitement Inc. Okay. We can definitely talk about because I've got all kinds of news. <laughs> I have news I wasn't able to address today. Okay. Such as uh, oh, Doctor Strange director is going to helm Labyrinth 2. <laughs> Things like that. But let's let's not let's not get crazy, okay? All right, we gotta we'll get... send him that episode with the pitch. Yeah, exactly. No, we will. We will. There's not. It's. It'll be fine. We'll be. It, we will send it to him. That's the version he'll make, and then he'll be like, "Why do this? Why don't I just let Daniel and Rich direct it?" And we'll be like, "Fine, get out." Anyway, we were going to. We were going to kill you and do it anyway. Thanks for joining us for uh, the video game centric return episode of Excitement Inc. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. That's. Thanks for listening to two hours of, of video game bullshit. We love you. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. Wear your masks. Play Borderlands.